Are you totally different when it comes to sex and copulation? Have you judged yourself out of receiving pleasure? Have you judged yourself into receiving pleasure in certain ways and excluded other ways? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How has your sex life or lack of it affected other areas of your life? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, pleasure diva and body whisperer, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, welcome to The Pleasure Zone, my crazy friends. So, I wanted to make it more haunting than usual, just the whole haunting thing about dating. Dating can be haunting, it can be can haunt people the whole experience so it's like you know welcome to the pleasure zone (laughs) we're talking about dating today because why not and it's kind of a fun topic for those people who enjoy dating um i'm not a very good dater to be quite frank um what occurs in my life is i go on a date and i end up in relationship um even my husband uh we went on one day, and I don't really know how to date like a normal person, uh, normal, whatever the hell that is. But, you know, I have, uh, for example, my very first date with my husband lover. Um, he was on a um, mission to to rescue me, um, I think. And I thought it was very cute. But, uh, and it worked. It totally worked. I bought it hook, line, and sinker, and and, uh, I'm enjoying the fact that I bought it, so um, he, what a riot, our first date was completely different, and uh, completely different in that it was like, let me set the scene for you so you can get how totally different it is. At the time, I was living with my ex, who is my daughter's biological father, um, we had had a giant fight. Um, the house that I live in was being renovated at the time. And the person renovating it is the person I'm now married to. And he was watching fights constantly between me and my daughter's biological dad. And he sent me an email that was very sweet and lovely and said, hey, you know, I'm really tired of watching this guy um, pick on you and harass you and abuse you like I'm not cool with this and I really like you and I would really like to go on a date with you and if you say no that's okay pretend like you never saw this email and if you say yes it would just make my day make my year like he just went on and on and on and I actually kept that email I have it somewhere in my a list of emails um just melted my heart and so that's what started and I was like hell yeah I'll go on a date with you uh, which created a lot of awkwardness, being I was uh, living with my my um, daughter's biological dad, and he was very like into ownership, like owning me, even though I wasn't interested in a relationship, and repeatedly said that um, he was very much into ownership, and I'm really grateful that there isn't that anymore, um, and I'm really I'm grateful for him. I'm grateful that I have my daughter, and I'm really grateful that he was uh, he moved on. So um, yeah, so I invited I invited uh, this wonderful 
lovely man into my life um, just by being me and having him observe, I guess, me and all my glory, sadness, and all of it. Um, and so he asked me on a date. And my response was, he asked me to go out for coffee. I'm like, yeah, I don't really drink coffee often. At the time, I like maybe had coffee once a year. I like the taste of coffee, but I don't really like crave it. Um, so I said, yeah, sure, like we can go out or you can just come over and we can have sex. <laughs> so, so he showed up and in the very same house that I am living now that I was living with my daughter's biological dad at the time, we just had a great big romp fest because we can and because it's my house. So um, that is how my relationship with my lover husband started. It was sex on the first date, sex first, talk later. I actually really didn't know much about him other than at the he had gotten out of a relationship about six or seven months prior to that with a woman who was sort of a friend slash client of mine. Um, and everything I ever saw in her cards, I read tarot cards, everything I ever saw in her cards about him was like, wow, that guy's magic and lovely. And wow, I don't know. She's like, how lucky are you to be with this person? And she couldn't see it. Like she couldn't see how lucky she was. So I I stepped in like the you know, like the rescuer I truly be. And um, I got to be with this amazing man. So these are like not normal dating rituals, really. Most people don't, you know, most people go for a one-night stand and they don't end up getting married. Um, and But I do. So <laughs> I also had uh, several other relationships that just started off with like, oh, I'll go out on a date with you. And then the next thing I knew, I was like four years in or three years in. I was like, wow, what, what, did, that, what how did that happen? Um, in my early 20s, I dated somebody who uh, I was heading off to university and I thought, oh, I got like a week to go. This guy's pretty cool. I'll just hang out with him before I go to uni. Maybe get it on, whatever. I didn't really have a point of view about it, but I really like sex. So I was like willing to get it on with him. Ah, so I got it on, or sort of. I actually just kind of thought that I, anyway, I won't get into the long of the short of it. Um, it was, it was. Um, I was surprised that I had just um, had a full session of sex. I was kind of surprised because I just thought we had started, but come to find out, I'd popped his cherry. So then it was like, oh, oh, I can't just walk away from this because this guy's really attached to me. I was aware of that, like he was really attached. And I get that I am so a man when it comes, so like what people would say is like a typical man. I'm so like a typical man when it comes to relationships. I was willing to just have sex and be like, hey, cool, have a nice life, walk away, cool. High fives to you. But that was not the case, my friends. Um, I was with him for three years. And I was not kind to that person. And, you know, so I wasn't asking a lot of questions at the time. I wasn't, you know, I was, you know, psychic like I've always been. But I wasn't asking a lot of questions. I wasn't really seeing what my choice, where my choices would go or what choice would be the greatest to my life. Um, so, yeah, a little unawareness went for a three-year relationship. And 
um, the greatest news is he's actually now like engaged. I think he's getting married to somebody, and I know that's what he always really wanted. So I'm really happy for him. Um, and yes, it was just surprising. Um, the whole sex thing was kind of surprising, and I know that uh, sex was like for me the fact that he hadn't had sex was surprising. Um, he was a good-looking guy. He was in his early 20s. I was like, come on, there's no way that I'm popping your chair. Like, what? I didn't know it till after the fact. And uh, please tell people beforehand, because that's just not cool. Um, and, okay, well, that's a side note. If you're new to relationships and you're going to get your cherry pop, just like let people know, hey, psst, by the way, I'm a virgin. Okay, cool. And dated a few virgins. I am a I am a cherry popper of magnitude, it's true. Um and that's one of my talents, I think. I can find them. Can find virgins of all ages. I have like a virgin homing beacon. Um so that's a side note as well. For those of you who are looking for virgins, I seem to have a virgin homing beacon. Let me know. And so other uh, relationships, I've learned a lot about dating actually watching my friends date because, quite frankly, I don't date. I, I just I am in. I just end up in a relationship like automatic. Like, um, all of a sudden I kiss somebody, and the next thing they've moved in, and I'm like, wow, how did that happen? <laughs> so, or I've just had sex, I moved in, or you know, I have sex with a guy, and he's follows me off to university so there you go <laughs> who knew maybe I'm way more potent in the sack than I ever thought I was uh, just like maybe I got some kind of secret superpowers that's also what I've been told around the, around this neck of the woods the rumor has it that I actually set a, a spell on my husband so I, I didn't know that, but the rumor went flying that in order to have him choose me, I actually had to set a spell on him. So if I did, and uh, and I like to know about that spell because I know a lot of people who would like the the ingredients of it, the whatever it was I did, uh, so they can use that in their life too. Not sure what I actually chose there, other than you just like having. For me, it's really. Like just say, hey, I have, I have, no, um, I don't actually have like a fear of losing relationships. I don't think I ever did. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's funny. I don't know if my level of attachment is different, or or if I even get attached, or if I'm just aware that I, I'm not sure. I think my my way of being. Uh, in relationships is very different, so I just end up in them all the time. And, um, yeah, I've never really not been in one except for a few years in my 20s where I was in many simultaneously. So, yeah, there you go. Um, so for those of you out there in the world who are going through dating and you're finding it tricky and difficult and you're like, how how can I date in this this world? Things are so awkward, you know? There are so many rules. I have a, a particular friend in mind who she's always like, concerned when she doesn't hear back from the guy. He's te I texted him. He didn't reply. Like, there is somehow these unspoken rules that, you know, you send a text, you're supposed to hear back and within hours or minutes or send an email or you make a call and you're supposed to hear back within a certain amount of time. 
you know, so I really wish you guys would all look at all the rules you've created around relationships. So every single rule that you've created around relationships and what rituals you think have to be in place in order for it to work, will you now destroy and uncreate all that and the rule book right now? Thanks. So right, wrong, good, bad, pot, pot on nine, shorts, boys and beyond. And for all you peeps who are brand new to this station, Woo, that was a good one to this show. Um, just know that that crazy speak I just did is the access clearing statement. Clear some stuff, changes some things. If you need to know more about it, go to the access clearing statement dot or just the clearing statement dot com. So, yeah, if you if you are buying that relationships and dating is supposed to look a certain way, the guy is supposed to ask you out, open the door, pay for your dinner, or the girl, like, if you've, even even in um, same-sex relationships, there seems to be this, somebody is taking on the more dominant role, who's supposed to be the one inviting, or uh, stepping up to the plate and being the one who makes the choices, or pays, or something, it's like, really silly to me, like, can we just give up all those silly little rules, and start asking you know, if I could choose any kind of dating, what would I choose? And what if dating for you is something completely different than it is for any of your friends and actually anything that you've ever chosen so far to date? So really look at that for you. What is dating for you and how can it be fun for you? Unless, of course, you like it to be miserable, unappealing and tragic, then choose that. Um, I'm not saying you have to choose fun. No, you can choose whatever you like, definitely. Um, and if you are looking to choose fun, start asking that. What can I choose that would allow me to have way more fun in this whole dating sphere than I ever imagined? And anything that doesn't allow that, destroy and uncreate it all as well. Right, wrong, get back, pot, pot on that, shorts, boys, I'd be honest. Did you actually know that dating could be fun? Did you know that? Like, did you know that it doesn't have to be stressful and, like, you don't have to be sitting there waiting for the call. This, is this person going to like me? What if they could, you know, and, and for those of you out there, too, who think that every single person is going to be a mind reader, that they should just know that they're supposed to call you. Guys, that is a load of crock of poo that is so big and smelly that it's bad. It's just gone rank and rotten. So... And my nose is now dripping as I'm talking about rank, rotten poo. Uh, just letting you know, you know, you can really choose something that's totally different. And you don't have to choose uh, dating in a way that is everybody else's way. So uh, I'd like you guys to play with that as we go to break. Play with what what in my wildest imagination would I choose for me for dating? Cool. Go play with that. And we're going to head off to a commercial break. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself 
yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question, always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. Beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beingyouclass.com This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melissa Yanich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelissaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Yanich, and tonight's topic is all about dating. Because, you know, there's so many crazy rituals we've put in place around dating. Uh, we've made them for ourselves. You know, so many that we've made for ourselves. Like, um, you know, if you have a rule that I'm not calling him back and I'm not doing this, he has to do this. And yet, once you've started to make the have-to rules, uh, or you decided and concluded the right way that a person is supposed to behave, you are um, you are making the rule book and you're creating the rituals of what it is supposed to be. And rule books and rituals might work for some crazy ass witchcraft, um, which I'm not opposed to. I'm actually all for witchcraft. Um, however, what if you are magic and don't even require those crazy ass spell books and um, rituals. You can just be total magic. Yep, you can. So even in dating, in the dating sphere, you can choose to be total magic. Um, and by that, by being total magic in dating, means that you really are willing to, say for example, not by other people's points of view, but you're especially that because if somebody says to you, well, they should do this and they should call you and they should they should have done this for you, well, and you start buying that as real and true, that's just creating a pile of crap. So where can you be magic is that you can start to um, play in a totally different sphere. Like if you had a giant swimming pool of your own um, and in that swimming pool you could have anybody come and play and the rules could be clothes or no clothes or everybody has to wear um, 
you know, strawberries on their nipples, like whatever the rules are that, you know, whatever it is that you're inviting people to, there may be no rules. might be like, hey, this is a free-for-all. And the other pool has, you have to wear a burkini and you also have to wear this and you have to wear that. Like what's going to be more inviting? The pool where there's like free flow, no rules, and you can even wear berries on your nipples or the pool where it's like you have to wear their burkini and you also have to wear 50 SPF sunscreen and you also have to do this and there's no talking and definitely no touching. Like those rules, if if I was invited to a party and I was told those rules, I'd be like, I'm not coming to your party because that is so completely the opposite of fun to me. But if I was invited to a party and it's like, we actually are not sure what's going to go down here, um, bring your bathing suit if you like. There is a pool. You might want to go in it or not. And... Also, um, there's a whole bunch of other things we don't even know about because we haven't even like lifted the lids off of it yet. Do you want to come? Yeah, that's the one I'm going to. I'm going to the one that is that creates more curiosity for me. And so in dating, I would choose the one that has no rules over the one that has rules. Um, it would be so much more fun. And the most hilarious part is I have been the person who has created the rules and I've done it purposefully hoping, begging, pleading the universe to like have a person walk away from me. Um, and I know that when I'm truly being me, I'm actually rule free. And when I'm not being me, I create rules in order to try and change something or uh, to affect a situation so that I don't have to be either part of it or in it. So yeah, if you happen to be around me and I'm creating rules, you know that I probably am not interested in being there. Okay. So, yes, the greatest question, are you willing to date and have no rules? No rules for you and no rules for the other person. They have to do this. Why aren't they doing this? They've created separation because they're not calling me. No, none of that's true. What's true is you're the only one that creates separation by creating it, by saying that, by even acknowledging that it's a possibility. Everything is communion. Everything is connected at all times. So, even if somebody doesn't call you, cool. If you are aware and sense and you're aware that they um, are interested in you or connected to you, then stop making things significant like when they call, how they behave. They should do this. They should do that. Please don't do that to people. It's actually quite abusive. It's it's like it's unattractive and not fun to be told you have to behave a certain way or that um, any of that. I would just like be so freaking frustrated with a person who said who who maybe said to me well you need to take me out we've been dating you need to take me out i need to meet your family i need to blah 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 to be quite honest i am uh you know with my lover husband i have he has a brother that i've never met and he only lives like two hour drive from us and he has like nine nieces and nephews that i've never met sister-in-law never met her um you know, there's lots of his family I've never met. There's lots of my family he's never met. I've actually never met even uh, one, one, well, we have one mutual, two mutual friends, but other than that, I've never met my husband's friends that he's had for years. And some people would make that really significant, but I'm, what I'm saying is it's not to me. Um, and if it was, then that would create an issue. And if you are making it significant, are you creating significance in order to create change? Um, and is it actually creating the change you desire? Because sometimes it will affect change and create change 
However, it's not the change you were looking for. You know, you could get all up on the rules and go, oh, well, if I don't meet your family and if I don't, then I'm out of here. Well, cool. And you make that rule, that will affect change. It doesn't always give you the outcome you like, like meeting the family. It might give you the, you know what, then screw off, you rulemaking bitch. I'm not interested in being around you if you're going to put all this crap on me. Um, especially if the other person doesn't find it super significant. And what if dating could be totally insignificant? You know, we make it so important. And you go on a date and you've, you know, you're supposed to be sitting there and learning about a person, asking some key questions. They actually have so many rules for dating out there right now that it's like, it, oh, it's daunting, I tell you. It's daunting. Throw out the rule book, throw out the questions. What if you are so totally aware in the moment that you could ask any question um, that actually leads to a conversation that would be more fun than following the list of, so what do you do for a living? Do you have any brothers and sisters? Are your parents alive or dead? Where do you live? What's your occupation? Where have you traveled? You know, I, I ask other questions. I'm like, hey, have you ever watched this puppet show? Or, hey, you know, have you ever stuck wasabi up your nose? Like, I I will ask questions that nobody else will ask because, you know what? It's definitely going to create a different conversation. Eventually, if you stick around long enough, you'll find out if the person has uh, brothers and sisters, has an occupation. You'll find out. Um, But are you willing to be fun? Because, man, significance and the significant questions... They can be so boring. But if somebody were to ask me, hey, can you, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a question right now. Do you like electric blue? And can you do me a five stanza poem about it right now? I'd be like, shit, that's awesome. Let me see what I come up with. Um, instead of, so, do you have a brother? What's his name? Do you have any nieces and nephews? What are their names? It's like, oh, my God. Um, That kind of stuff is great if you're in it together for a long time and you're looking for something to talk about. But bring you and bring your fun to the table because really, I don't know, that seems to have consistently worked for me. And I've literally never been out of a relationship. And I just, you know, I throw it on the, like literally throw all of it out on the table at once. We talk a lot about vulnerability in access consciousness. And I literally... uh, be that like i i will like barriers down the whole thing and be as weird or bring out my crazy ass humor like on the first date because you know what it's it's easier to bring all of you out on the first date and not hide any of you than it is to like to me anyway than it is to like try and be proper uh and then and then all of a sudden your crazy side comes out And they're like, well, I thought you were really proper. And then you've kind of duped them into a relationship. It's almost easier to be totally crazy and then occasionally be calm because you are probably more crazy than calm if you're listening to this show. Just saying. Um, I think people have this thing where they believe that, you know, oh, you should only um, don't tell them everything. I'm not telling them, telling you to tell them your bank account information or your passwords to your emails. And that's just like stupid. What I'm saying is bring all of you, who you be, 
um, you know, if, if you have this like crazy love on for like a certain restaurant, just go, Hey, you know what? I'd love to take you to this place. You know, you eat with your hands in the dark and you have to feed each other. Love it. Do you want to come with me? And if they're like, that's so not my scene, then you actually start to get who that person is. And if you're truly choosing for you and being an invitation, then you're going to know whether that person, um, his energy is like congruent with yours. So, so I'm saying just bring all of you because what have you got? What have you got to lose? You got nothing to lose. And I'm a big fan of jumping off the cliff with both feet and just seeing where things go. And, you know, what's, what's, what could happen? You know, my, what's the greatest thing that could show up and what's the worst thing that could show up? We're saying whatever. They don't like you. Maybe they're a mass murderer and they take you off and kill you. Okay, but you're dead now. So what can you do about it? The greatest thing that could happen is maybe you have a relationship that's really fun um, and that you guys choose again and again and again and again and again. I don't know. I think either way, it's going to be life-changing if you're fully being you. Uh, if you're fully, like, willing to jump in both feet and just be like, hi, it's me. Hi. Yep, I'm crazy. Yes, I'm willing to have sex with you if, you know, you've asked all those questions that we ask on all the other shows. And if your body's horny, don't make a fucking rule that you can't have sex. That's just a rule. I don't even know why people came up with that one. Uh, who knows when that all started? Probably a really long time ago with some, maybe people had really bad STDs and they made up the rule because they're like, Hey, I have herpes really bad right now. So my rule is no sex on the first date. But if you wait another week, that herpes will be all cleared up so we can have sex. (laughs) Really? That's probably what happened because animals will just meet and do it. So we're not that different than them. Right? All right. So when we come back from this commercial break, I'm going to talk more about uh, some crazy rituals from around the world. So let's head to break now. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. 
the best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a boys class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. Before I get into this next segment of the show, I'd love for you guys to check out my website if you have a minute. After, uh, Of course, after the show would be great. You can go to MilicaJelenic.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. Um, I've got lots of great things going on. I've got lots of classes happening every month. I've got um, one or two classes, uh, Access Bars, Access Energetic Facelift, and I've got a few other ones coming up in the summer that I will have posted on my website in the next week or so. And I'm also hosting a fantabulous class uh, June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th in my town of Madoc. I've got a three-day body class with the fabulous certified facilitator of access consciousness body a three-day body class facilitator, Juna Guter. And we are having a very fun uh, party class. What else can we call it? I, I'm having, uh, I've arranged actually to have a wine tasting tour, barbecue potluck, and some people are coming earlier. We're going to do some horseback riding. Just all together, like super fun invitation for bodies to come and play with each other. And, um, and you know, you get to lie on a massage table and get energy work for three days and gift it and receive it. And how fun is that? And then you get to hang out with great people and have conversations and drink wine and not if you don't want to and have great food and I'm so excited for this event. Um, and so, yeah, if you'd like to come, I invite you. There are some classes if you haven't taken the prerequisites, but you still have time to get those in. So go to the accessconsciousness.com website and look up Juna Guter, J-U-N-A, G-U-N-A. E-T-T-E-R, and you will find her under the facilitators, and you'll find that class there, too. All right. So on to dating, dating, dating. This actually today is a Victoria Day in Canada, and one of the uh, things uh, is, you know, we're celebrating Queen Victoria. And during Victorian era, so that was like 1837 to 1901, Romantic love became viewed as the primary requirement for marriage, and courting became very formal. It almost became like an art form. Uh, gentlemen couldn't just walk up to a lady and begin a conversation. No, no, no. They had to be introduced. And then it was like, when is the appropriate time? They had to find the people who would introduce them. And it was all very, very formal. OMG, I think I would have died in that era. If I was in that lifetime, I must have been skanking it out or something and just not following those very, very appropriate rules. Um, so once they'd been formally introduced, you know, they could 
they could be escorted. Sometimes they would have somebody with them to make sure that there wouldn't be any hanky-panky going on. Um, and she could receive his card, so she was allowed to go calling on him. Um, and if they were really lucky, they could even walk together, but they would always be escorted. So um, lots of times, the funny thing about the Victorian era is that, you know, just prior to that, like in the late 1700s and early mid 1700s in France, um, there was so much debauchery going on. Um, you know, like it was just a given, kind of like it's an un, unspoken thing um, about the French having multiple partners. It was kind of like an un, an unspoken uh, thing in France. Everybody throughout Europe just was aware that the French were like having um, affairs left, right, and center. So who needed to date in France when you know you could go to a, an elite party, be invited to an elite party, and you're probably going to end up having sex with somebody, somebody's husband, but, you know, some somebody that was pretty easy to come by. Um, so it's funny how the Victorian era became so, excuse me as I burp, um, so proper. So, you know, the lucky guy. So if the girl was asked out on a date or whatever to court, they were courting each other, if she agreed, and then maybe if he was lucky, he could escort her home. But God forbid, he'd probably only get to kiss her hand um, on the second date, maybe. I don't know. Um, it's funny because was, everybody was watching everything about their about the relationship. So they would sometimes um, secretly see each other, but that's only if they really, really liked each other because most relationships then had prearranged marriages. So some of the other funny ones from around the world, um, there's some courtship customs. Uh, there's really fun ones like the Nordic countries have a courtship custom that involves knives. In Finland, when a girl comes of age, her father will let it be known that she's available for marriage marriage and the girl would wear an empty sheath attached to her girdle. And if a suitor liked the girl, he would put... Uh, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly, probably not, Puko knife in in the sheath, which the girl would keep if she was interested in him. So stick a knife in my hole, baby, and I'm going to be there. For, like, it's just a funny thing to me. It's kind of romantic. It's kind of symbolic. His knife, you know, like his penis, goes into her sheath, like her vagina. I think it's kind of symbolic, guys. That's what I'm saying. So... And then there's also another one of a custom of bundling. Um, 16th and century Europe and America followed courting couples to share a bed fully clothed and often would uh, use a bundling board between them or a bolster covered uh, to tie the girl's legs. The idea was to allow the couple to talk and get to know each other, but in a safe, warm confines of the girl's house. So it's kind of what um, even the Mennonites were doing that even within the last century, and I don't know if they still do, but they would have um, they would have beds that would have a separation board in between them. And I remember watching this uh, this thing about that when I was younger because it seemed so violent to me that you would have this, uh, like, there was, there was like more to it, and I don't know all the details right now. I can't remember them all, but um, there was also yeah, something about the board seemed just so like ugh. Uh, anyway, so that was, and I remember asking my mom, why would they do that? Like, why would they have to have this thing? And uh, she was saying like because 
at the time, you know, you might have traveled for a day to go visit somebody and there could be snowstorms that came in, so you'd have to stay. And you might have to sleep with the person that you were going to marry, but it was also against the rules too. So they had this uh, board that would go in between the bed that was supposed to stop them from from uh, doing each other, which I don't know about you, but I've done it up against walls on tables. I, I've, the bed has never been a must place, so... Uh, maybe maybe those people got a little creative too. So maybe the bundling things weren't working so much. And in the 17th century Wales, uh, they would give out ornately carved spoons known as love spoons. They were traditionally made from a single piece of wood by a suitor to show his affection to his loved one. And the carvings would have various meanings like if you got an anchor, it would mean that you desire to settle down. Or if you got a vine, it means that the love is growing. So very cute. I guess you would have to know all the symbols and hope you didn't get one that was like, I'm giving you this thing to let you know that I'm going to give you poison after the first year of our marriage. And it's a bottle of poison with a, a skull and crossbones. So I don't know that they gave those out. I don't think they did. But you never know if you ever find one lying around and you're like, what is this spoon that's wood? It's got a skull and crossbones. That's, you know, an unusual dating spoon. But yes, who knows? It could be possible. Um, also, giving away gloves, you know, in church in old school England. Um, 18th century Europe, you could give somebody a biscuit or a small loaf of bread. And that would be like, ooh, well, I think that would have been great because people didn't really have a lot of food or money. And so... Um, I would probably like to receive the cake or bread. And they say that it, they think that that's uh, one of the precursors to the wedding cake. So, and, and for some reason, you would place these things under your pillow, um, which uh, I think would be weird because you'd have cake under your pillow. And back then, there were a lot of mice and rats. And would that not attract the mice and rats? I, I don't. I have a lot of points of view about mice and rats, and I, I just would not feel comfortable having them running across my head trying to find cake under my pillow just for the sake of dating. So, yeah, interesting, right? And some of the other ones, uh, which I really like, I like this story because it actually has to do with the uh, the original, original honeymoon. So... On the original, so in ancient times, many of the first marriages were by capture. It's like there weren't a lot of women to go around, right? So you've got soldiers going from village to village pillaging. You've got, um, you know, you've got, I can't remember the word for it, but like, you know, dudes who are just like deciding to go pillage and they're not actually warriors and they're just like, ah, eh, on a rampage like gangs. And, there weren't a lot of women who could either bear children because a lot of women would die in childbirth. So if you had like a 14 to 16 year old woman in the village and she's not married, she's like, she is likely going to be captured by somebody else's village. So either they needed to get her married up or something. So, but one of the things that would go is that they would, the wives would be stolen and and other warriors from the from so say she lived in a, in one uh, village and this other village stole her. The village that she lived in, their warriors would go out and try and find her. But a lot of times, the the person who captured her would take her into a hiding to avoid being discovered. 
And according to the old French custom, they would go through and sit through with all the moon phases and they would drink a brew called methaglin, which was made from honey. And this is where they get the word honeymoon. So as they've been taken out of their... um uh, she's been taken out of her village. Now she's with this guy. She's been captured. She's there for like an entire cycle of the moon, so 28 days. And she's drinking this this drink called methaglin, which to me sounds kind of a bit like um, mead because it's kind of like a honey honey alcohol to me. But And there you go, the honeymoon. So, And arranged marriages were quite normal at the time for business and, you know, for property and all kinds of, and political alliances, all kinds of reasons to have have that. Um, and they still exist today, pre-arranged marriages. Actually, my brother had one. Um, so, yes, that is not that uncommon. It still does exist. I actually have another client who also had a pre-arranged marriage. Um, and she, for her, it really worked out well. So... Um, also medieval chivalry from, you know, that, that was when like, you know, doors were open for women. The coats were thrown onto the floor. And sometimes it was necessary because otherwise her shoes would get dirty, right? Because there was filth all over the ground, especially in England. Um, and the doors were sometimes really, really heavy. So women couldn't, you know, women didn't necessarily have the strength, especially some of the more noble women. They weren't working out. They were kind of sitting there doing needlepoint and maybe their greatest, um, you know, arm exercise would be jerking off a boyfriend or, or a lover or something. But um, they didn't have a lot of arm exercise. So they weren't exactly the strongest physically uh, strong women, the noble women. So having a man who would be chivalrous to open the door for you was almost out of necessity, I think. That's just my point of view. Because the doors were heavy then. They were like heavy oak. Uh, you've got like heavy woods. You've got like heavy metals. Um and then and then it just kept on going. But we can open doors now. So it's all good, ladies. You don't have to make such a big deal about it. Maybe if the door is really heavy and you need some help, ask for some help. That's kind of what I'm gathering from a lot of these things. So I think a lot of these, these rituals actually came out of kind of a, a necessity for survival, uh, strangely enough. So... It's kind of fun. I like I kind of liking this conversation, and I'm liking that you guys are sticking with me through this show. So thank you so much. And we're gonna head to a commercial break now, and we come back a little bit more on crazy dating rituals after these matches. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What if you really do change molecules by your interaction with them? What if the change you've been looking for is right before your eyes? What if the uncomfortableness that comes with difference could be fun? 
What if the closed-minded people of the world no longer determined our world? What if gratitude trumps judgment every time? What if your kindness healed the world? What if the earth is asking for your help? And what if you had the resources to give it? This is your invitation to step into something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Picasso, Da Vinci, Shakespeare, Aristotle all knew to be true. Hi, my name is Dane here. Thirteen years ago I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. What if there are no dumb questions, or any question too large? What if you being you are the gift and the change this world requires? Is now the time? For more questions to create a change in your world, sign up for a free video series at beingyouclass.com. My gift to you, beingyouclass.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelissaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Amelia Tsayalanich. Before we went to break, I was telling you guys about uh, how um, back in the day, um, a lot of times in ancient times, uh, women were actually stolen out of their villages as a way to actually have relationships. And that's not that was not just ancient times. There's actually a place uh, in the Bhutan, it's called Bhutan, and they have something called night hunting. And this is where the young guys will go up into the girls' room in the dead of night. And, you know, if they're lucky, they won't be shot by the father. Um, and the the actual ritual is called Bomena. And night hunting started in the eastern areas of Bhutan, and it involved a man who would sneak up into the girl's room and spend the night there. But if he was caught, he'd either have to marry the girl or work it off in the girl's family's fields. The crazy thing is, is that ritual still does go on, and they've they've done a few things to to change it. So they've created some laws so that women could actually have some uh, protection um, because people were impregnating women, uh, impregnating them, and then taken off which happens all the time in this country, but I guess it's quite alarming to have somebody run into your room, impregnate you, and then leave, and have that be like a normal thing. To me, it sounds like it borders on rape, but that's just my opinion. Um, There's a lot of rituals that have involved fighting, you know, fighting for women's love, Um, and some of them are are like they will bleed to the death. There's a Balinese village, uh, Tanganan, where the guys will actually hit each other, uh, with a plant that is very thorny and and then you know then the girls get to watch I guess they get to choose their fighter after that um, and matchmaking like I was saying prearranged marriages have been around for a really long time and the Japanese still are quite avid users of the practice um, there is a practice that they have where they use um, like a like a person in in between that will find you a mate. So that is something that they are quite well known for because they go through all kinds of questionnaires to get cross-examined to ensure that they're well-suited for each other. So that works, and for some people it works really, really well. 
So even actually major corporations like Mitsubishi have this, and it's called Omiyai, um, and it helps their their employees find a marriage partner. So it's um, it's quite well respected in Japan to still do that. So one of the very fun ones that I was reading about, uh, which I really liked, was uh, I gotta find it. It's it actually involves sm- uh, smell smells stinkiness, and the best way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Um, is is how this starts out. Then for a woman, it must be the nose, because according to some very innovative Lothario's, some um, there are some European men and a few others in different parts of the world would wear handkerchiefs under their armpits before attending a dance. And afterwards, the man would use his sweat-scented hanky to wipe the perspiration off of his lover's face. Presumably, the girl would find the scent irresistible and fall madly in love with the man. Now, if you think that's gross, um, I actually like the smell of armpits, but some people would find that gross. I'd probably be right in there going, give me that hanky, I want to smell it. Um, (laughs) There are, in the 19th century, women in the rural parts of Austria would feed their men an apple slice they had lodged in their armpits during a dance. So even the royal folks could not resist the allure of the other sex's scent as as they, you know, even the nobles would do it, and they'd fall in love with um, the owner of this sweaty, you know, sweaty armpit piece of apple. Yep, and sometimes they would, you know, the smelly clothes would be used as towels, but, you know, they're definitely, they're definitely onto something with scent and scent therapy there. One of the biggest ones is uh, quite well known. It's called Dingus Day, and it is the Polish has celebrated this for a very long time, and it actually involves boys gently whipping girls um, with pussy willows, not pussies, pussy willows, and it's all it's in May all over the world, especially Buffalo, New York. So we're right in the correct month for these these adventures. So I want to thank you guys for listening to this um and you know as i think about eating a sweaty slice of apple that's something i've never tried uh i might try it i might slice that apple throw it under my armpit and ask my lover if he wants to eat that i think he'll say no just you know just aware of that um but you never know right so thank you guys all for listening next week um the show is going to be about celebrating your lover or lovers, if you've got multiple, if you've got one. It's, uh, it's coming up to the anniversary of my first date with my lover husband. So thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Melissa Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.